Good morning, family. So good to see you this morning. Everybody good? It's been a fantastic service so far, and uh, we're just so privileged and excited at this time for all the things that God is doing in our midst. It's really a special season in our community, and uh, we are very thankful to that. Also, I want to say thank you to the, all our volunteers that served at the TCN conference, and particularly those that hosted pastors from all over the country that came, and that you opened your home, and you allowed some of them to stay with you. Uh, we really want to thank you for that, and then also the staff and the volunteers. We had a really great time together in serving the pastors from all over the nation. It's such a privilege to always have them here with us, so thank you to everyone who did that. Last week, you also had an announcement about life group leaders training. Life groups is an essential part of the life of this community because we believe that discipleship happens in the context of relationships, and relationships form community. And it's in community that we get discipled. And part of the community expression that really works well for discipleship is smaller group connections. And that's why we have life groups. And we would invite you that if you're interested to either be a life group leader or to host a life group in your home, that on the 31st of August we have training, and, uh, but we need to get your uh, details. So after the service, if you can go to my right, your left, behind the screens here, in the ministry area there, and uh, the guys will be there, and then you can just sign up and give your details, and they'll give you all more information. So if you want to be part of our life groups, and particularly in hosting a life group or leading a life group, please uh, come and join us for the training on the 31st by signing up in the back there. We are in a time where our theme for this time is God Speaks, and we're considering just the value, the importance of the voice of the Lord in our lives. And last week I spoke a little bit about the analogy that the scripture uses about how God approaches us as a father. And because he's a father, he speaks to us as his children. Today we want to take another analogy from scripture and look at that and discern from that what we learn about this amazing thing that God speaks. And it's the scriptural analogy of sheep and shepherds. This analogy was established in the Old Testament. You can think of Psalm 23, for instance, where it speaks about the Lord is my shepherd. And this, this picture of shepherd and sheep is another way that God describes his relationship with us. In, in a place like Isaiah 40, verse 11, he says, He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs with his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead those who are with young. So it is an established scriptural analogy picture that is used to describe something of how our relationship with God functions, is the relationship that shepherd and sheep have. And Jesus, therefore, made use of the same analogy. And uh, in John 10, which is sort of the shepherding chapter of the New Testament, he draws this analogy and he uses it to teach us certain dynamics of this relationship of sheep that hear the voice of the shepherd. So what I'd like us to do this morning is to read some sections out of John 10 uh, that, where Jesus speaks about it. Now I'm going to ask us to do it in a little bit of a way that perhaps is not our tradition, it's not our way that we often do it in this kind of a charismatic church, but I would like us to read the scripture together. So if it's possible for you to stand, can you stand with me? We're going to have the verses up on the screens. And uh, I'm going to try and see if a couple of thousand people together can out loud read the Scripture. The reason we do this is so that you're not just sitting there while I'm reading the Scripture thinking of your lunch. <laughs> Particularly if you were planning to have shepherd's pie for lunch today. 
or lamb chops or lamb boat, then you know, this may be a bit awkward. So we want to read together so that this is a familiar portion of Scripture, but that perhaps we will all engage with the Scripture together. So I'm going to try and lead us slowly and carefully, and we're going to read quite a bit, so it's going to take us a couple of minutes. So if at any time you feel lightheaded because your shepherd's pie is far away, then you're welcome to sit down but continue to read with us. And uh, so are you ready? We're going to start at John 10, verse 1. They're going to put it up, and we're just going to follow as we go. So here we go. Three, two, one. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter by the door into the fold of the sheep, but climbs up some other way, he is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he puts forth all his own, he goes ahead of them. And the sheep follow him because they know his voice. A stranger they simply will not follow, but will flee from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. So Jesus said to them, okay, sorry. There we go. So Jesus said to them again, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lay down his life for his sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who is not the owner of the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and is not concerned about the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know my own, and my own know me. Even as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give eternal life to them, and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's high end. I and the Father are one. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you speak to us so clearly through the scriptures, that we can hear your voice, that we can know you through the scripture. We pray, Lord, that as we discuss this portion of Scripture today, that you will bless our understanding, that we will be able to grasp something of your heart so that we may know you better and know your ways. And we thank you for your word, and we bless your word in Jesus' name. Amen. You're welcome to take a seat. So here Jesus, as I said, uses this established analogy in Scripture of sheep and shepherd. Have you ever thought about why he, why he uses that analogy? 
My why was becoming a what mid-sentence there, so it sort of changed. Why does he use this analogy of shepherd and sheep? What is God trying to communicate to us through this analogy? Surely there's many different analogies that the Scripture could have used, but it particularly uses this analogy, partly, I I suppose, because it was a common thing in the day that everybody understood, and therefore it was a handy illustration that Jesus could use, as the Scripture could use, to describe something of how He relates to us. And, uh, but what is it that Jesus is trying to say to us? What, what is this analogy communicating to us, shepherd and sheep? Because it's a particular type of picture, and it draws some particular points to us. Now, as I did my research and, and, and try to find out what are the main points that comes out of the Scripture, I want to say there's, there's two things that Jesus is saying to us when He particularly describes us as the sheep. In the analogy, I think we understand that there's two parts to, there's two personalities, two characters in this analogy. On the one hand, there's the shepherd, which is Jesus. Generally in the scripture, it's God that is the shepherd. And then there's the sheep, and we are the sheep. And Jesus says to us here, you are like sheep. Why? What is he saying to us when he says, you are like sheep? Because if he said to us, you are like lions or you are like wolves, or you are like springbokke, or something, it would mean something different. But because he says you are like sheep, what is he communicating to us? What what are the characteristics of a sheep that he's applying to us? And as far as we can understand from this scripture, there's two things that he's saying to us, that we are sharing with sheep as people. The first thing is that we are vulnerable, that we are vulnerable. Jesus uses sheep to paint a picture of a being that is vulnerable. Sheep are defenseless against predators. They can't fight back. They can't outrun their predators. They are quite easily frightened and can panic quite easily. Now, I know there's sheep that I wouldn't describe like that. I think of those mountain sheep that can scale. But those weren't the sheep that Jesus was talking about. He was talking about garden variety, you know, bah, sheep. So... Those sheep, generally, the picture they carry to us is they they are quite vulnerable. They need somebody to protect them. The second thing that he describes for us is the nature of sheep is that they need care. They need care. When it comes to their food, when it comes to their water, when it comes to just being looked after, they need somebody to care for them. Sheep need a shepherd. In Psalm 23, we we read about how the shepherd leads us to quiet waters because sheep struggle to drink from fast-running water. They get frightened by it, and they just not their bodies aren't made to drink from that. And obviously, when a sheep falls in water with a heavy woolen coat, it's not a life raft situation. It's you know they sink. So sheep need care. Sheep will also stand and eat at one place and just keep standing there and keep eating long after the food's finished. They need shepherds to guide them to new places, to safe places. So these are the two things that the Scripture tells us that we have in common with sheep. We are vulnerable and we need care. Now, analogies are very good in communicating something, but analogies can also be taken too far. They can be used inappropriately. 
And this sheep analogy is particularly one of those that we have to be clear that we understand what God is saying and what He's not saying. And one of the ways that you interpret analogies in the Scripture, like parables or anything else, is you have to interpret them within the context of what the totality of Scripture says. Because it would be easy for us, for instance, to think that one of the reasons why God is using the sheep analogy is to say to us, you bunch of humans are dumb. Amen? How many of you would feel uplifted, encouraged, and strengthened this morning if I would come to you and say, God says you are dumb? Now, that would be problematic if we had to focus on that as a part of the sheep analogy because, firstly, we are made in God's image. We are made to represent Him. The Scripture says that we are made a little bit lower than Him. We are, we are the people that represent Him. That God, in fact, chose that His kingdom would come with us. And without us, His kingdom won't come. He, he really highly values us as people. He has a high opinion of us. He has a high expectation of us as people. So if the sheep analogy had to come and say, listen, guys, you are just a bunch of dumb animals. It would go against so much of what Scripture says. And I want to highlight this because I think sometimes we have perhaps ventured there in our thinking. I find it frustrating sometimes when I hear church leaders speak to people. On the one hand, I feel that they, that they do this, where they'll elevate people and add value to the, to the worth of, of people and say people are fantastic be beings and made in the image of God and people are valuable and you know all of that. But on the other hand, they sometimes speak to the people and treat the people like they are dumb. And they just cheap. I don't think that's what God had in mind with this analogy. Particularly as a shepherd, because I'm one of the people that this is my job description. And there's others here. Part-time, full-time people that are, have this function in our community that we shepherd God's people. I think every person that's in ministry, in whatever type of ministry you is, the fundamental task you have is to be a shepherd. That's why Jesus, when he met with Peter, he said, do you love me? And Peter, in that struggling moment, couldn't even claim that he fully loves God, but Jesus says to him, then feed my sheep, tend my lambs. It's one of the fundamental things that any person that is called by God and positioned by God to care and to love the community of the faithful, it is to be a shepherd. And not even just in our church context, I think many of you are sent by God into your workplaces to be a shepherding person to the sheep of God out there that are vulnerable, that need help. So I represent, and in this community we represent something of the heart of the shepherd. And it's really fantastic if we do that but from a place where we value people and love people and respect and honor people, not because we're trying to say people are dumb and therefore they need us. I think I wonder sometimes if, if, if it suits me or somebody in my position to try and elevate my worth and my importance in the body of Christ as a shepherd, it helps if I say, you know, you need me, so therefore I push others down to elevate myself. I don't think that's the heart of shepherding at all. I don't think that's what a shepherd is about. 
And I think you've got to be really careful if ever you are made to feel like you're a dumb animal. Because that's not what the scripture is saying. I, I don't know if you, but throughout my life we've, we've had pets. And it's, I'm sorry, but so often they're little dogs that just are as dumb as posts. Have you ever had a pet like that? Which is just, I mean, bless them. They try really hard, but they're just so dumb. They just, you know, all the time. And they're just so excited about love. And, and, and I mean, you can, but they're just dumb. Wouldn't it be horrible if God had that view of us? Oh, bless them. They try so hard. But they're just so dumb. So we just love. We don't, we don't really expect much of them. We don't really ask much of them. We, we don't really, you know, put a lot. We just love them. Ah, you know. We just tolerate them. And ah, oh, they're so cute. Do you think that's the view that, that God is trying to encourage us in this portion of scripture. No, I don't think so. Do we do dumb things? Ah, for sure. I do some pretty dumb things, some spectacularly dumb things from time to time. Fortunately, Natasha's not with me this morning, so you can't ask her, but she'll tell you some dumb things. She never does, but I tend to do some really dumb things from time to time. But they're dumb because, and everybody can say they're dumb because they're against my nature. They're not supposed to be the things that I do. So often when we sin, it's a dumb thing that we do. Have you ever seen somebody step into sin and you go, how is it possible that a person like that can do such a dumb thing? We say they're doing a dumb thing because we expect more of them. We expect that they shouldn't be doing those things. And that's the view of God has of us. He made us. He believes in us. He puts hope in us. He, he has a high expectation of us. Every one of us that live our lives in God, he's not satisfied to just say, ah, oh, you know. Can I pick on Sean? He's got a doctorate, so perhaps he's the one that I can pick on. Ah, oh, you know, Sean is just such, ah, oh, he's so faithful. Dumb as a post, but faithful, you know. <laughs> just, you know, so, so we just, oh, don't ask much of him, we just love him. That's not how God does God looks at Sean and says, Sean, I believe in you. I've got an expectation for you. I'm giving you some talents, and you better take those talents and multiply them for my kingdom's sake. Otherwise, I'll call you wicked and lazy servant, but never dumb servant. Because we're not living up to our potential. So I, I think it's important that when we approach this analogy of the sheep, that we do it with a high value and view of the sheep. Recent studies, by the way, have shown that sheep are not as dumb as we suppose they are. But I'll, I'll leave that. You can Google that and check it out for yourself. They evidently have more emotional expressions than human beings actually do. Who knew? My lamb chops as long as it lies there quietly. That's all I want from it. <laughs> Sorry for the vegetarians. In, in our midst of, you know. That's the most important relationship. So when we approach this this analogy of sheep, we do it from this place of saying God's sheep are amazing beings. I love the, the way, for instance, the result of the New Testament shepherds. We read in Acts 8 that shortly after the church was established in Jerusalem, 
And the church grew in Jerusalem and things were happening and the Christians were starting to stand up and they were becoming known and they were seen by the people in, in Jerusalem as a problem. And then it's, the scripture says in Acts 8 verse 1, and persecution broke out in Jerusalem and the church were being attacked. At that point, the church was basically in one area in the city of Jerusalem and perhaps the little towns around, and there were shepherds all around that were looking after the people because they basically had them in one kraal. They had them in one place. And the shepherds, the apostles, the other leaders, the deacons, as we read through the book of Acts, had all the sheep around them so they could look after them and care for them. But now suddenly persecution breaks up, and the scripture says, and the church scattered from Jerusalem. And they left, and what that literally means is these sheep were scattered without shepherds. They found themselves no longer in Jerusalem under the care of their pastors and their apostles and their leaders looking after them. Suddenly now they scattered all over the, that part of the world. And if these were dumb sheep, that would have been the end of the movement. But in Acts 8 verse 4, we read... That everywhere they scattered, the church grew. The result of the shepherding of the New Testament leaders was that they produced not dumb animals that were so weak, but they produced people that once they were in such a challenging situation, rose to the occasion, and actually many of them became shepherds themselves. That's an amazing picture. That's how God sees his sheep. So this analogy becomes very useful if we see it in its context. So I want to remind you of the two things that this scripture tells us. As sheep, we are vulnerable. We are vulnerable. Jesus makes the point that we have an enemy. That we have a force, a personality that in many different ways and through many different expressions will come and try and steal us away. He describes this, 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 this person as the thief and sometimes as the wolf. But he says the, 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 the task, the, the focus of this being, this enemy of ours is to, in John 10, to come to steal, kill, and destroy. To steal us away. To steal from us our place. To steal from us this, this reality that we were made in the image of God. And this enemy of ours, this thief, is very crafty. Very crafty. He knows us. He's sly. And his weapons, the scripture tells us, his number one weapon that he uses to steal us is lying to us. Deceiving us. He understands, he knows truth. He knows how to twist truth. He knows us. He knows our fallen condition. He knows that we do not understand everything perfectly, that we have a very limited perspective. He knows how strong our emotions can be and how our emotions can run away with us. And therefore, he comes and he manipulates things and he lies and he deceives so that he could steal us away from God's plan for us. We have an enemy and we are vulnerable to that enemy. If you think about just this past week, did you see that enemy at work in your office, in your home, in your street, in our nation? Did you hear that enemy's voice come to deceive people, to come and paint a picture for people to say, this is the truth? 
And if you, if you respond according to this truth, then it'll be best for you. And this enemy comes and he lies and deceives all the time. And God says to us, we are vulnerable. We are vulnerable. The second thing he says to us is we need care. We need good shepherding. Because there's certain things we just cannot do for ourselves. There are certain things that we are not equipped. We were not made to be autonomous, independent beings. We were made to be in relationship with God. The only way we can properly exist and come to our fullness, and that's why Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and life in abundance, because the only way life and life in abundance is possible is with God and in God and allowing God to have his way through. You are not made as a, to be just on your own. You're not equipped you need a shepherd. And that's not a weakness, that's a powerful thing. That's a powerful thing that we come into that place. We need good care. And even in that, Jesus warns us and he says, but watch out. Not only do you have an enemy that will come try and steal you, but there are also people that will act like they're the good shepherd, but they're not. And he uses a picture of the day and, and and you know, for Jesus and his disciples, this was very easy because probably as they were talking, they were looking over there and there was a bunch of sheep and a, and a man sitting on a rock, playing with a slingshot, looking after the sheep. And the sheep were standing there grazing and under the tree in the shade, half asleep, was this normally younger person whose task it was to look after the sheep because the sheep had enemies. And what would normally happen is that, you know, this shepherd would be charged to look after the sheep, to protect them against anything that would want to come and either steal them or harm them. But now you had a problem, sometimes you would just find somebody and pay them to look after your sheep. They'd have a day rate. So you'd get a young guy and you'd say, listen, are you doing anything? Can I pay you? Will you just look after my sheep? And so you'll make, strike a deal with a young guy, perhaps you'll pay him 500 rand a day. I don't know what the going shekel rate was of sheep for the day, but you'll pay this young man 500 rand and you say to him, listen, will you just look after my sheep? And there the young man would sit under the tree playing with his slingshot, just keeping sort of a half an eye open looking after the sheep. And then he spots a predator. To make it more understandable for us, a leopard. Spots a leopard. And he looks, sees that leopard is going down low, lining up some of the sheep. And then he starts making calculations in his mind. 500 rand a day. Is this really worth 500 rand a day? I've seen what leopards can do to sheep. I see what leopards can do to people. And he looks over at the sheep and they're standing there. And he looks at them and he says, really? My life's worth much more than those sheep. Surely this cannot be the expected of me to give my life and to put myself at risk to look after these stupid things. And he makes the calculation and he sees the leopard come closer and then he starts really making the calculation. He's like, then he packs up his lunchbox, takes his flask and says, cheers, you're on your own. And he's out of there. Because he's a hireling. And Jesus says, there are people that will act like they're your shepherd. But as soon as it will cost them something, you'll see them disappear. Have you seen that perhaps at work in our society? Have you perhaps seen somebody at work throw somebody else under the bus? 
Have you, seen them, have you seen in your family turn somebody turn on somebody else and speak bad about them and gossip because they're saying, you know, they acted like one thing in front of them, but in another thing acted differently behind them. We know that what that looks like. And we know what an impact it has on us. Isn't it an amazing thing that when somebody speaks bad about us and somebody, you know, treats us like that, no matter how much you say to yourself, Sticks and stones can break my bones, but what would you say? God hurt me. It hurts. We feel it. It's just who we are. We are made for relationship. Therefore, when things don't work the way they should, it impacts on us. And Jesus knows this about us. He says, you deserve a good shepherd. You need a good shepherd to look after you. And we understand, and aren't you grateful in our community? For good shepherds. Because Jesus empowers others. He calls others to be the good shepherds. I'm so thankful for good shepherds in my life. Over years that have understood me and understood how vulnerable I am and how much I need care. And have just in the right times, in the right way, have been there to help me. That just kept me. I'm, I guarantee you, by, I know this for a fact, that if it wasn't for some good shepherds in my life, I would have ended up in a ditch somewhere. I got pretty close. In fact, once or twice, I actually went down into the ditch and good shepherds came and fetched me out of the ditch and said, we, we're not giving up on you. You need good shepherds. But shepherds that care for you, not only in the context of your, your vulnerability and your care, need for care, but part of their care includes that they know you are made in the image of God and God has an expectation on you and we care, and as church leaders, we want to care for you, not only in your weakness, but also in your strength. In the fact that we know God has called you, God has sent you, you are the ones that God is equipping and placing in different spaces and in your front line and saying, you are the missionary, you are the kingdom ambassador out there in the world, and that we care for that also. That's what Ephesians 4 said, it's the work of the fivefold ministry to equip the saints for their work of ministry. And we, we're not doing a good job of caring for you if only things we care about is when you're in hospital, when you're sick, when you've got a trauma, when life is difficult, when, when you've had a theft or just, you know, when relationships break. We want to care for all of those things and we must. A shepherd cares for all of those things, but a shepherd also cares that you are made in the image of God. You are called by him. He has given you talents and he's got an expectancy. He's looking for fruit. So we care about that also. And really ultimately what empowers us is the voice of God. So I want to do an illustration. Where's Karina? Karina's going to help me with an illustration. We found this illustration so we, we're copying somebody else's illustration. That's what we really do well as church leaders. We, we borrow. So Karina's going to be blindfolded. Sean's going to help me. Ben's going to help me. And uh, we're going to try and quickly do this illustration. And the point of this illustration is that she's going to be blindfolded, and I have to direct her to the front here. But the only thing she can do to get here and to get over some obstacles and around some obstacles is she has to hear my voice and follow my voice. Ben? So when Karina's ready, you'll see Karina there. I think the cameras will pick her up. She's in the row there, Nick. So oh, she's outside of the row, so I need to go up here, otherwise I can't see. And uh, then I won't do a good job of directing her. Thank you, Sean. Okay. 
Karina, can you hear me? Good, thank you. Karina, I'd like you to just take sort of two nice big steps forward. Another one. Okay. Little small step, a little forward. There we go. Now there's an obstacle in front of you, Karina, and I want you to step over that. So you're going to have to pick up your foot a little bit. Okay, there we go. Good job. You right over it. Good job. Now you can give three good steps forward. One, two, three. Okay. Karina, you need to move a little to your left. Just slide over. Yeah, there we go. There's another obstacle in front of you. There we go. She's getting the hang of this. She's, okay, there we go. Now you can give another good step, three steps forward. One, two, three. Ah! Oh, there's an obstacle. Can you feel that obstacle? Okay, you need to slide over to your right. Just one little bit. There we go. Okay, now you're sort of at the angle of the obstacle, so you need to give a nice big step over. It's right at your toes. So lift up. There we go. There we go. She's over it. Okay, now you can give two and a half big steps forward. One, two and a half. Okay, now turn to your left slightly. A little bit too much. A little bit back. Okay, there's another one in front of you. I want you to step right. Oh, there we go. Very nicely. Very nicely. Okay, now you need to turn to your left. There we go. Now, there's an obstacle quite a little bit in front of you. It's another person. And uh, when you get close to them, you'll probably feel them. They may even brush up against you, but I want you to know it's okay. You're fine. You, you're not, they're not going to harm you. It's going to be fine. You're going to feel the obstacle, but you can push past and go. So now you can start walking. Just walk. Just keep walking. Okay, Turn left a little bit, left a little bit, left a little bit, left a little bit, left. Okay, turn your body to the left. Okay, now you can go. Now you can walk, you can walk. Do you feel, ah, oh, there we go. Do you feel, you can push past, that's fine, he's not. Okay, stop. You're getting close to the stage. Turn a little bit left, left, yeah. Slide one over. No, left, left. Okay, now you can walk. You can walk, walk. Confidently you can walk. There's nothing in front of you. You can walk. Okay, now you're getting too close to the stage. You're walking like a little bit like a drunk Wierleis. So just, you know. Okay, stop. Turn to your left, 90 degrees. Slide one over. Okay, turn to your right a little bit. Okay, now walk forward. One step, two step, another step. Okay, stop. Turn left. Take one small step forward. One small step to the right. No. Just while you, okay, turn left again, turn your whole body. There we go. Now slide one to the right while facing that way. More to the right. Ooh, Karina. <laughs> I'm going to need to help her. <laughs> That's okay. Turn, turn to the right slightly. Slightly turn to the right. 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 Now you're turning left. <laughs> okay. Okay. Do you trust me, Karina? You, can you sit down? There we go. Now, just stay like that. You can sit down. Hi, Karina. Can you hear me, Karina? Will you please stand up for me? Karina, listen to what I'm saying. Stand up. Karina, now you know you want to stand up. You sit like this is terrible, isn't it? Come, just stand up for me quickly, Karina. Please. Karina, can you hear me? Why are you not listening to me? Come on. <laughs> Help me, Karina. Why is she not listening to Ben's voice? Why are you not listening to Ben, Karina? Hey, he's not your shepherd. She doesn't know his voice. She doesn't trust his voice. 
Now, isn't it amazing how, did you notice that there was a point we were trying to get her to? But she didn't know where that point was, did she? She didn't know what was happening, but she had to follow my voice and the instructions. So often in life, we want God to show us the plan. We want to know where it's all going to end. We want him to set up the things for us so that we know exactly. But most of the time, God says, I will not set it up until you begin to move. When you move, I will direct you. And it's a process of learning how to discern God's voice so that we can follow. Karina, can I take off the... Hello, wave at her, everybody. Just... Now, Karina, how did you get here? I listened. You listened. She followed my voice. She, she actually did not walk by sight, but she walked by, by faith. Faith comes... By hearing, hearing the word of God. Thank you, Karina. Won't you give her a really good round of applause? It's just a little illustration to try and show something of my sheep hear my voice. You see, in part what Jesus is saying is if you don't hear my voice, you're not my sheep. You'll end up in places where you shouldn't be because you're listening to the wrong voices. But my sheep will end up where I need them to be because they hear my voice. And they have the ability to, 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 to get my voice in their, in their minds and to hear my voice and to follow my voice. Even when other voices come, they discern that's not the voice. But they can hear my voice. Now Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And there's two things that qualifies him as the good shepherd in this portion of Scripture. The first one, he says, I'm the good shepherd because I will lay down my life for the sheep. I will lay down my life for the sheep. He says, I have such a high value of you. I have such a high expectation of you that I will give my life for you. It's only shepherds that will give their lives for the sheep that are worth being shepherds. Don't be fooled. I give my life to the sheep, Jesus said. The second thing that he says and no one will snatch you from my hands. As long as you keep listening to me, my sheep hear my voice, and they do not wander off after another voice. As long as we stay under his voice, he will not allow anybody to steal us from him. No wolf can come and kill us. No thief can come and steal us. There will be no thief that steals, kills, and destroys as long as we keep hearing his voice. He says that I am the good shepherd. No one will steal you from my hands. No one will destroy you because I will give my life for you and I will protect you. I'm the door. He uses many pictures to deal with those two things, our vulnerability and how much care we need. You are an amazing person. Worship team, you can join me. You are an amazing person made by God and He loves you and He cares for you, but He made you in His image and he said, I'm sending you a sheep among the wolves. But don't be afraid. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I will not let anybody steal you. But don't be afraid. Don't stay in the crawl. Don't just stay here where you understand and know everything. But learn to understand my voice so that while you may be blind and cannot see everything and cannot you have to walk not by what you see, but by what you hear me say. And every day Jesus says, I'll speak to you. 
Every day I will guide you. I will move you around the obstacles. Sometimes you'll feel the obstacle. Sometimes you'll bump up against the obstacle. But I'll get you. Just keep going. Just keep listening to my voice. I'll get you to the place where I want you to be. Hear my voice. And the rest of our series, we're going to talk about how do we hear God's voice and some of those things. But today, just want to establish that for us. That we, when we hear God's voice, we move from being weak, dumb, possibly failure things to becoming His ambassadors, His agents that brings the kingdom of God, that builds the church. And we, that is as a community together and as individuals. Won't you stand with me? Can you close your eyes? I don't have enough blindfolds, otherwise I'd blindfold everybody just to recreate the experience. But that'll be chaos. But can you just close your eyes, just in a sense to say, Lord, I'm vulnerable. But thank you that you are the good shepherd. I need care, but thank you that you are the good. You are more than what I need. You know how to lead me. Even when I struggle to hear, you help me hear. All you want from us, Lord, is to say, I want to hear, and I will seek till I hear. And you lead us by your Spirit. So are you okay this morning to just say, Lord, lead me. Let me walk by faith and not by sight. Father, we thank you as a community that we have this privilege of hearing your voice together as individuals here in church, when we're out there in our homes, our communities, our businesses, our classrooms, our schools, our workplaces, everywhere you speak to us, Lord. You guide us. Come, Holy Spirit. Right now, as an individual, I say, Lord, I want to hear your voice in everything. Empower me with your voice, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. If you've never heard the shepherd speak to you because you perhaps have not chosen to be under his care, you've not made him your shepherd, come this morning. Let us pray with you. Let us help you come to say, Lord, you are my shepherd. If you feel you just need care, you can come and we'll pray for you. And we, it's our privilege to represent the shepherd as you can represent the shepherd also in your places. It's our privilege to represent the shepherd here this morning. And let us pray for you. But we're going to end with a song and ask the worship team to lead us in a song. Because I want this to settle in our hearts. That we can trust him. You can trust his voice. He's not going to lead you down a cliff. He's not going to lead you into pain. He's going to lead you to his purposes. You can trust his voice. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May he give you peace, not because this is a peaceful world, but because he is with you. And he will never leave you, never forsake you. And no one will snatch you out of his hands. Go and be the presence of God. Go and be the church of the Lord Jesus in every space where he sends you. We love you. We appreciate you so much. Bless you.